You'll probably enjoy the science, our little science class we're going to have now. Indeed. Yeah. More mm. to the point, in the studio, we're joined by, from Cambridge 105's very own science show, we've got Chris and Roger in with us this morning. Morning, both. Hi. Hi. Thank you. For, is, this, is this early for you, or is this, uh, in education, are you always up and... I do- had no idea the clock did seven o'clock. <laughs> Just thought it was one at night. Yes. <laughs> You've been doing Cambridge 105 Science Show for a while. Tell us a bit about yourself. How did you two meet and what's your background? Well, we bumped into each other in terms of meeting. Background, I'm a science teacher. I was a science teacher and then I changed into teaching science teachers. Oh, right. So that was my kind of uh, thing that I've done. I have an interest in science and an interest in promoting it. And I happen to live in a very sciencey place. So... Coming up with this radio station seemed like the perfect mix yeah. of all those things. And I was lucky to meet Roger. I'm actually here. My husband's doing a postdoc at the university, and I'm finishing up my PhD in science remotely. Oh, wow. I'm actually doing it through UCLA. And uh, I was very lucky to meet Roger because I really like making science fun and accessible, and our show is a perfect way to do that. You're an interesting mix between you, forgive me for saying it, but you, you, Americans do seem to take a very different view of science, don't they? It's, uh... Well, I'm Canadian, that's why Ooh. Roger's gasping. <laughs> North Americans, North Americans, I beg your pardon, it's an entire, con- an entire continent of the well people. Done. She's from Canada. Blushes okay. and hides behind microphone. Uh, <laughs> But in general, in North America, they do they do approach the science very differently, don't we? Here, it's almost we, we, programs like the Big Bang Theory are starting to come across from America. It's, it's I I love it. I know you like watching it, Lottie, don't you? The Big oh, Bang yes. Theory, and it, you do learn stuff from that. And it's kind of the, in America, it's it or in, in North America, as we are now going to widen it. It's more accepted to be geeky, isn't it? Roger, there's, there's been a bit of a sticking point over here over the years, and the geeks have always been the ones who had sand kicked in their face on the beach. Oh, no. It's true, though, isn't it? Yeah, perhaps Just you. everywhere. But, but, but America takes, or North America takes a different view about their science, don't they? There they, is a bit of geek pride, I yeah. would say. Yeah, definitely. But here we're so lucky. I mean, I think, Roger, you were saying that you're never more than about 30 metres away from a science PhD or Nobel laureate in Cambridge. And is, yeah. I mean, is that Cambridge, do you think? Is That's it? Cambridge, because in London you're only ever 30 metres away from a rat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this is quite the zone. Um, whether it's fashionable or not, I, I, I couldn't tell you really. I mean, it, I don't see science as a fashion thing. I see it as something which is part of the progress of society. So shall we say, was it last week or the other week, we had a bit of research which had turned into something amazing. You know those visors that they had on Star Trek Next Generation? Yeah, yeah, the Geordie the LaForge cool thing. Visors, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you've got the name there. Well, Not that I've ever watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, that, that has turned pretty much real. Really? So somebody is working on a thing. Which... Uh, Dr. Amir Amidi, I think, from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Okay. And it's called The Voice. Right. Yes. And uh, tell them what it does. It's neat. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really neat. It's for visually impaired people, and there are about 100 million visually impaired people in the world, so it's really great. And it translates visual data into soundscapes, essentially. So colors wow. are translated into sounds, shapes are translated into sounds. And so people who are visually impaired were able, after training with this device for about 10 to 30 hours, they could walk into a room and be able to tell how many people were in the room. They could figure out how to go up and shake their hands. 
hands. And they no could even, way. Yeah, and they could even read some of the supplied texts that they were given. It was amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, one of the questions I had for you. I mean, I go back a while for when I studied science at school. And I mean, basically, transistors had just about come in. Mm. And, and we just, you know, and now you look at the number of transistors in an integrated circuit and the number of integrated circuits on a circuit. And the, the, the numbers, the technology, the, the actual science that you are able to do now compared to when I was at school 35 years ago. Is it getting more difficult? Because it is just bigger stuff, isn't it? The, the yeah. things we're trying to understand now. Back when I was a kid, it was like, you know, an electricity travels, you know, current electrons travel along a wire. This is how it works. Now, you're talking about how those electrons work with other things. The, 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 the actual technology has gone way beyond, hasn't it? And you're still trying to teach it and work with it. Indeed, yes. I suppose your experience at school, and it possibly still is going on, which is the battery, the bulb, a couple of wires, and yeah. you light the light bulb. Whereas if you go back just a couple of months and you've got the Raspberry Pi, which yes. is a computer invented in pretty much around here, for very little money, you've got a fantastic computer. So people might be talking about what sort of things should be taught in schools. What sort of things didn't they teach you in school, Neil? Well, when I was at school uh, in 1973, 74, 75, Lottie's looking terrified now because she thinks <laughs> the world was still in black and white in those days. Um, but... <laughs> We didn't have computers in the school at all. Uh, you had an IT, an IT club, which was lunchtime, uh, once a week maybe, and you wrote Hollerith, Fortran and Hollerith. You had punch cards. Wow. So you punched out your program. They batched it all up, sent it off to Hatfield Polytechnic, or they played them down a telephone modem, which was very, very high-tech, and wonderful to watch them do that. Uh, and then a few weeks later, you'd get back the green and white stripy paper with a picture of Snoopy, which was all you'd actually manage, or you'd maybe manage to get the computer to run some sort of calculation that would give you uh, a set of answers, or you'd get error line four, which was always what I got because I'd punched my card wrong. Very but, good. you know, you talk about it now. As you say, Raspberry Pi, you're, you're talking about programming at a reasonable level, aren't you, about understanding of, 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 of the actual language of computing. And the kids just soak it up, don't they? It's just yeah. natural to them. It's increasingly common now, too, to see in classrooms personal devices, PDAs, and the students can actually respond real-time to the lecture content. Yeah. So they'll actually answer questions, plug in, and a graph pops up on the screen and shows you know, whether the kids have answered the questions right. And the teachers can modify their teaching real-time to respond to how they're understanding things. So it's not so much a dumbing down. We're not. You know, there's always this talk of dumbing down, especially there's concern about the, the grades that people are getting at, at, at GCSE and at A-level. But do you think actually it's not that? It's that the, the, the bar just keeps getting raised and raised and raised and actually we're expecting more and more of our kids? Well, it is just possible. It is just possible we are better at teaching than we used to be. Yeah. It's not about, uh, I mean, there's a kind of a no-win situation for any school. Every year when they publish the exam results, there are only two outcomes. Either standards are falling, which is one idea, and the other one is that people are getting better. Yeah. Okay, and people, are, the schools in that sense can't actually win on that particular no. point. No, there'll always be an angle, won't there? So, uh, well, my, my feeling is, uh, and in fact, there's plenty to show that we are getting better at stuff. And we are also, we are more selective about the sorts of things that we expect eight-year-olds or 12-year-olds or 15-year-olds to be able to do. Sure. So we're not chucking them stuff to learn at too young an age so that they can fail, so that the rest of us can get through that and go off to our grammar schools and get our special education and the rest of the people don't get any kind of education. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? I so do. Education is not so much a, 
a, a way to stop people going through to better things. It's a way to sort of push promote you. them through. Promote yeah, them through. Promote them through. So let's talk about the science show. How do you think about what? How do you plan it all out? It seems a very well crafted piece of uh, piece it of is. radio. You're you obviously right. you do put a lot of work into it by the sound of it. We do, we do. We've got um, notes and everything. They have. <laughs> <laughs> we just have apples. But not we didn't fru- even bring them in. That's all we've got. <laughs> and we're talking the fruit, not the computer. Yeah. <laughs> the lovely thing is, of course, that we're in the right town, and. If, we, if you follow the, every bit of news that's going, you will find that there is plenty of research that's also been commercialised mm. and turned into incredibly useful products. You know, yeah. one, one company came out of psychology where they were doing tests to assess people's cognition, their abilities, their memory, which is just, mine's just going, just this <laughs> moment. <laughs> and they did devise some tests which when commercialized turns into a way of assessing the effect of drugs on on people's wow. mental abilities there's another story which was to do with goodness me what was it it was the, it it was to do with making stem cells as you know stem cells a lot of discussion about where they come from yes or some people find it unpleasant that that research came out of that but now we've got a way of manufacturing them so just Quite recently, earlier in the year, a bit of Cambridge University spun off a unit which is able to generate liver cells, which can then be used as... They're a very generic type cell that can go off and become other things. And and you can then test them with, shall we say, drugs to see if those drugs are toxic and see if the liver can handle those sorts of things. It's amazing stuff, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, we're pretty lucky to be here. I think what's so great is that we get to interview the scientists and find out not only about their cutting-edge research, but we also get to learn about the people behind the science, too, and figure out what makes them tick. Because it's that idea at the start, isn't it? It's that, who thinks to try to test to see that's the thing is it devising these 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 programs it's that inquisitive mind isn't it and that logical train of thought that beats anybody else who is not bothered to think about it yet. I think you make an excellent point because we tend to think about science as a body of knowledge but it's actually really about the method mm. it's about designing it. it's about figuring out what questions and how to test them you just nailed it See, now you think science is fun as well, don't you, Chris? I can see it in your eyes. Your eyes light up when you talk about the subject. Yeah. I do. <laughs> so you've got, some, you've got some questions, haven't you, which we're going to come on to in just a minute. We're going to do the traffic and travel. Then we're going to see just how fun science can be. Cambridge 105. Traffic and travel. All right, it's 21. Well done, Sharon. Stone Hero Vet. Stone Hero Vet. Actually, are you two any good on pop music? Uh, uh, we dance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Okay, well, we've got Chris and Roger in from the science show here in the studio. And uh, just ahead of the run-up to Christmas, we'll talk about that in a second. They've got some science questions they're going to ask. We're going to make a note of these and make a note of your answers now. You can text, you can message, you can email in 07919 Breakfast at Cambridge105.fm, or you can really fill the message button up on the web player if you want to. Uh, we're going to give you three questions. Uh, these are science, true or false. Is that is that right? Fact or fiction. Fact or fiction. Okay, science, fact or fiction. We're joining in as well. Have yeah, you got well, a pen and paper? Uh, I'm a bit busy, but You're I'll not try. Not very organised ha- student, I'll, are you? I'll try and join. I didn't do my homework either. Yes. For goodness sake, we're not copying mine. <laughs> and we're going to give you three questions. We're going to do the unsigned chart, and we'll give you the answers. Is that okay? Four. You want four questions? Well, we just decided four. Didn't no, we? we said three. We did say three. You were busy doing your hair or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you need to do three. your hair. Looking. Okay, we'll do three. We'll do three. <laughs> go on then, question one. Go, Thank goodness we're not in a math class, eh? Okay, okay, play nice. First one, <laughs> science fact or fiction? 
It's impossible to sneeze with our eyes open. Yeah, that's a good one. It's imp- is it so fact or fiction? It's impossible to sneeze with our eyes open. And here's number two. They, 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 they say that your eyes pop out, don't they? If you sneeze, oh, can't uh, concur. Go away. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, fact or fiction? Peanuts, as in the nuts, are used to make dynamite. Ooh. I want that to be true. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. so peanuts are used in the manufacture of dynamite. Can be. Uh, can be. Okay. Okay. And number three. And our last one. The most expensive coffee in the world comes from animal poo. Science <laughs> fact or fiction. And that's why I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I was just going to go and top my mug up, but I don't feel so keen now. There we go. Let's just quickly recap those questions again. Just uh, question one, question two, question three. It's fact or fiction, so you just have to answer that way. Um, So just send your answers in by text or message or by email. Here we go. Those questions again. It's impossible to sneeze with our eyes open. Peanuts are used to make dynamite. And the most expensive coffee in the world comes from animal poo. There we go. I'm finding it really hard not to cheat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a bad student. What? You're looking at the answers. I'm trying to, but I've already written my answers down. Right, you keep your paper safe. I'm not very confident. We'll do the unsigned chart. (laughs) This is the... Uh, let's just see how we're doing then, just ahead of uh, not the unsigned chart. Let's just see. I'm uh, just checking who's messaged in. You're really good at filling time, aren't you? Right, yes. Okay, well, Lawrence and I... Yes? Oh, no, Lawrence agrees with you. On... And uh, what, on the answers? Yeah, someone else. Yeah, he's, he went to Cambridge. Sophie. That must mean we're right. <laughs> Sophie uh, also, uh, what does she say? She's, yeah, she agrees with you. And Nick. Bottom of the class, Neil. Nick's, well, well, <laughs> You're in set five. <laughs> you've still got time to get your answers in. All right, so uh, just before the unsigned chart, we, uh, we had three questions posed by Chris and Roger. Um, and you've been texting and messaging Do and emailing in. Do you mark each in. other's tests? No, I'll, I don't think we need to because okay. I'm probably wrong. I might just... <laughs> I'm going to write my answers down as we go through them. I was going to first... <laughs> right, okay, then. I may, I, I'm in charge. I'm the producer. Okay, uh, several people, including Lawrence, Sophie, Nick, uh, have all texted in uh, with answers. We'll go through them now. Sophie um, being our youngest member in class Yeah, today. Sophie. Uh, she said, by the way, thanks for wishing me luck for my flute exam yesterday. It went really well. Oh, good. And please, could you play would. some Adele? We'll try and squeeze some yes, in for you before will. 9 o'clock. Okay, so, Chris and Roger, take us through. Then question one was... Okay, science fact or fiction, it's impossible to sneeze with our eyes open. Fact. You think that's a fact. You think um, it's fiction, Just a second, Nick says he thinks that's true. Um, Lawrence says uh, he thinks it's true, and Sophie thinks it's true. I don't. I think, oh, I've, I've put fiction. I don't think, yes. <laughs> I, I did put fiction. I, I wanted it to be fact, but I put fiction. That's right. Well I don't think you can. I, I think you can <laughs> sneeze with your eyes open. That's right. Uh, well, I guess we could say that you're partly right. It's actually based on science fact. Oh. Uh, but the idea is, believe it or not, we can we do close our eyes when we sneeze, and it's because it's part of a reflex that we have. So our nose and eyes, they're linked by cranial nerves, so a sneeze actually triggers a blink for most people, but there are those special few that can sneeze with their eyes open. No! Oh, that's <laughs> just the weirdest thing. There. So I get one. Oh, for goodness like sake. Me versus the rest of the world, that's a tick. <laughs> Well done. You're top of the class, then. So far. Okay. Question two, well, I then. can't beat we you We have now. question two. Is it science fact or fiction? Peanuts could be used to make dynamite. I want it to be fact. I want it to be fact. Everyone wants it to be fact, except for Nick, who says he thinks that false. Lawrence says glycerol. 
<laughs> well, I'm actually allergic to peanuts, so I think so they're really them. dynamite to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would guess that they're probably not directly used. Maybe a derivative. What do you think, Roger? Okay, smarty pants. It's um, it's a fact. Yeah, uh, it's a fact. Peanut oil can be processed to make glycerol. Well done, Lawrence. Lawrence gets a bonus point. I'm going to give Lawrence a bonus point because he said glycerol. And then you could use that to make nitroglycerin, which is one of the components of dynamite. See glycerol. I suppose you could make, therefore, you could make dynamite from cough syrup, I suppose. Yeah. Well, don't give them all ideas. (laughs) 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 Although you haven't got the key bit, which is the nitro bit. Okay. Okay, you could, anyway. Okay, my turn. So our last one. The most expensive coffee in the world comes from animal poo. Science, yeah, fact, or fiction? Yeah, I think that's fact because I've heard about this stuff. It's stupid, isn't it? You squeeze it through an otter or something, don't you? Um, <laughs> Nick, Nick says, I hope to God that's false. <laughs> but uh, everyone else seems to think it's fact. I think it's a fact. Okay, well, you're right. It's called Kopi Luwak. And the coffee berries are, get this, eaten partially digested mm. and excreted by the civet, which Why? if you don't know, it's this mammal. It's about the size of a cat and it's native to tropical Africa and Asia. And I think there are only around a thousand pounds of this civet coffee that are marketed each year. And so just one pound of it can cost nearly $600 in some parts of the world. No. That's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? I've just marked my own paper. Yeah, um, you got three A star, three. three out of three. Well done. I thought that was good enough, didn't you? Can we have one more just to see if I can well, level I'm, with him? <laughs> well, I think yeah, well, we, we were wondering about this, how you would market a coffee made of animal poo. Whether you'd sort of Slowly, <laughs> carefully, until a distinct market. And then we, we, came up with, um, we came up with Crappuccino. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, yeah, what else could you have? No. Log last Oh, stop it, no. <laughs> well, it's not actually that bad. I think that this... This is a breakfast show. <laughs> stop. But how does it work anyway? Okay, well, how it works is that the digestive enzymes of the civet, they break down the proteins in the coffee bean, and that influences their roasting. Mm. And the beans, they also start to germinate by malting inside the civet. So that's actually reducing you the bitterness. You wouldn't put it on your garden, would you? You really <laughs> but, wouldn't. But it's great because it reduces the bitterness of the coffee, and that's what gives it that really oh, nice right. flavor. Oh. And looking at your face right now, don't worry, because I promise that they wash and roast the beans Yeah, first. right. <laughs> I've, been into that, I've been into that local branch of um, a certain well-known chain. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going out the back to wash it. Yeah, all right, mate. <laughs> okay. So, listen. Uh, did you want a tiebreaker question, yeah. then, Ms. Boone? She's really but sulky. You did suggest how to make, how to uh, manufacture poo coffee. So I did. So I think I should get a point for that. There's a bonus point, which is worth five. Oh, is <laughs> multiply by ten yeah. plus fifty-nine uh, gives you four hundred and seventy-eight. You're never going to catch me up. Now, I'm going to ask a quick question, though. I'm uh, I'm substantially older than Lottie. I'm 28 years older than Lottie, so could you work out just how few of my brains, how many, how many fewer brain cells I've got at the rate of decay of hold brain on, cells? Hold on, do that. <laughs> 79. There we go. So you've got 79 more oh, brain cells than me. Less than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is brilliant. Now, a little bit of a challenge then, because we do have quite a geeky audience, and, I, and, and with Chris and Roger's permission, we're going to uh, do it. In the month of December, so starting uh, next week, we're going to have, each week, we're going to have a set of questions. We'll do it on a Friday. Uh, we'll have a set of questions. You can answer those questions. We're going to run a league table. So we'll have three questions a week for the three weeks. And on Christmas Eve, we've got a raspberry pie for someone to get. A raspberry well, pie is not, not she's looking at me going, all pie. All pie. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
You've got to learn to program it if you get one. Okay, it's the it's the computer which is only a, it's extraordinary cheap, twenty five quid or something. These things are, aren't they? Uh, designed in Cambridge. We've got a Raspberry Pi up for grabs. Uh, so we're going to run a bit of a league table. We'll have a tiebreaker on Christmas Eve if there's uh, if there's a draw, which I kind of figure there probably is going to be. Roger and Chris, thank you very much indeed for coming in. Tell us all about thank the science you. show. When's it next on? You uh, yeah, but you but on the fifteenth of December, <laughs> something like that. Yes. Or Saturday, because on the first of December is the Mill Road yes. um, Winter Fair. Winter Fair, yes. and we'll be going live from some oh, piece really? of greenery in town. Well, not ourselves, oh, right, but no, no. the, the station will, and yeah. all the guys will be up there. But catch us at two thirties alternate Saturdays. And if you have any science questions that you want to ask us, email us science at cambridge one hundred and five and we'll answer them for you, you on the show. Re- yes. <laughs> this lot, there'll be. Is it true that you're gonna, your inbox will be full by the time you get to your office? Thank you so much. It's been huge Thank fun. You. Thank you for coming in this morning. Yeah, and we'll keep those questions coming. We'll be doing that during the month of December. Keep it here. A little bit of We Are Scientists. Nobody move, nobody gets hurt.